0: It's Machine learning from ASSIST. It's a podcast where we think and dream about the future of AI, the talking internet, and how we are reshaping our culture. This chapter is an excerpt from episode four, a wrap-up of our interviews at the 2018 Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity. It's where over 10,000 folks from 90 countries meet to hand out awards and chop up the future of brand communication. We use the opportunity to do almost all of our interviews on a boat, but it wasn't just any boat, it was the floating home of Live Person, one of the true leaders in transforming customer care from voice calls to mobile messaging at scale. They're a huge deal in the conversational commerce world. LivePerson took great care of us and are a true friend of the pod. Coming up, Shane Mack from Assist sits down with Rob Locasio, LivePerson's CEO. This is not the same old, same old you get from two technology CEOs. Enjoy.
1: Why is empathy so important to this? What, what is it specifically that empathy, I mean, empathy is important for everyone to understand what it's like to not be yourself,
2: but how specifically in this space does that play out? So what is empathy? You know, like if we start there, it's really that you are engaged with another human being. You are actively listening to that human being. uh, You're not judging them. um, And they are not feeling that they're being judged either. Hmm. Okay because we all come with our biases. I I see you right now, you're in a t-shirt and you got your sunglasses on and I could just make a judgment that you're not serious about technology at this moment. (laughs) I just got off a boat. I understand. (laughs) And it was hot. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So, but I'm just saying like, I could step in and I'm just making a point. I'm so I know you're serious about technology and you're a great technologist, but we have biases. If I didn't know you, let's say I just sat down, I'm like, this guy's not serious. So I have that. And then as you started to speak and I listened, I would say, oh, wow. you're. Serious guy, he really. He's run a great company, so forth and so on. And then I let that down. You know that. Yeah. I'm not judging you. And then at that, there's a magic moment where there's empathy. I can relate to you. I can relate to your story. I'm not judging you on my history of what Got I it. who I met someone like you because the brain, the brain does a very funny thing. It tries to optimize for sort of lack of energy. You know. Say more. What do you mean? So the brain, you know, when we're um, about 20% of our energy goes to our brain. So think of it, our brain is burning 20% of our energy through thought. And so, in a day, so hmm. our brain is actively trying to do is use its filters to just put you put things into a box, so I don't have to overthink it. You know, when you if you sat and overthought everything, you'll burn more than 20%. So, you're so
1: bias actually comes from save. It's trying to save energy and not have to think again.
2: That's it. Wow. So that's the first thing. The second thing, bias, is, is protecting. I know that you are something, or the uh, the the our past, and our past is is thousands of years past. As yeah. in, there's a there's a statistic that like ninety percent of how we're perceiving things is from a from our past. Okay, I'm talking about not our past. Just I've been around fifty years. I'm talking like from a hundred thousand years like ago. Wars. I trusted you because we went to war Correct. together and you saved me. Correct. So our brain has genetic markers all the way through and memories and then we have our current memories and then that's what basically what we're doing is saying all of that tells me a bias you could hurt me okay you, you could hurt me like if you're if you were if you were black maybe i just have a natural bias because that's what i've had and that's what's been around for years in the world you know or the people in my group of people mm-hmm. i don't know and i come with that even if i don't it's unconscious even though I don't even know it's there. So that's what bias is about, it's the brain optimizing, it's also trying to protect the, the human from from getting hurt, from getting killed. So that's that's why it's a very powerful thing.
1: And when you have that, how do you practice empathy then? How do you make yourself more empathetic?
2: The best way you can make yourself more empathetic is just put yourself out into things that you don't do. Like oh, I all can, I can be, I can, I can empathize with you and with your stories if I've had a similar story. So if I've had this life that's fairly limited and I've met, then that's why diversity is very powerful and I've met uh, a limited set of diverse people, my mind won't expand. Only through diversity do we change. Diversity in our environment, a diversity in the people we know. That's why building a great company in diversity, it will help us change. So that's, that's really the important thing
1: in the bot space specifically and ai as i would say is also uh, relevant because i agree with you on the negative tech narrative that it's going to take all our jobs kill all the people and take over the world what are you most optimistic about
2: i I don't think it's going to do that i i think actually first of all i don't believe that ai should be replicating human intelligence nor consciousness the human brain is just a tool that's being used to paint reality. That's what it does, and it paints reality based on a set of inputs it's getting from the world around us, okay? Even color, you know, we're seeing color. That's re- light reflecting off of an object, and then my eye interpreting that. I'm saying like, our brain is just doing this interpretive thing all day. Why replicate that? Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. Like, it, It's <laughs> pretty good. The problem that it has is that the the inputs it gets sometimes it, it makes a false connection to something from the past, like we are saying, this bias. If the machine could provide me with another set of realities, you know, another, a better way to do things. For instance, maps are great, like Google Map. Before there was Google Map, I may have had a bias. Like, What do you mean? I, I, maybe I went down a road, I see this in New York City all the time. I'll, be, I'll go in a taxi, and the guy will go take a route, and I'm like, why are you taking that route? <laughs> and he's like, because this, the route that I'm taking has less traffic. And I will know that I take the other route all the time. It never has traffic. I've seen this all the time. And I'm like, the guy's like, but because sometime in his past, he hit traffic in that one area. So he figures traffic will be there. You open Google maps. It says it's green. I'm going sometimes says red. Sometimes says make a right, left, right, left to get around things. That's that made my reality in the world I'm living in much easier. Like maps also allowed me to discover things. I can find restaurants. I can find things. So. Maps and Google Maps is is when you think about machine learning and the data, what they've done is make my, the way my brain is processing reality better. I, I can better get from point A to point B, and that's what we want: is more maps created around us.
1: That's a great example. Uh, that's one of those ones where I think 50% of my childhood parents' fights were around directions to places. Yeah, like that is a that hits a trigger in me of like remembering always like no, I know which way. Go left. It's not left. It's right. Yeah.
2: I remember every time we got stuck in traffic up in the Bronx coming back from New Jersey my dad was convinced that a game let out at Yankee Stadium it was like if there was traffic it was a game in Yankee even the Yankee it was wintertime the Yankees weren't playing he's like a game must have let out it's like because you know, he had something to happen in his past <laughs> where a game let out and he was in traffic you know and 60 years later the game had to have left out so you're right
1: that's also a great example of people trusting the machine enough and once it got there because I remember, even and I would go back to the Midwest, and I would have Google, Google Maps open. And even two or three years ago, they people would be like, "No, I know how to get there faster." And I'm like, "It literally says like, I know all
2: three routes and <laughs> exactly yeah. how fast." Um, so, so, so we'll trust the machine. This goes about to back to building bots. We'll trust the machines when they start to paint a a reality that makes life easier for us and how we think, which is. Not hard, because most of us do trust Google Maps. Like I said, some people, but most of the world are uh, trusting electronic maps now. You know what's
1: fascinating about what you just said, though? I never thought about it this way. I think it's a really good analogy for bots, where you have to let people see where they're going, point A to point B, know there's other routes, but to get to the same end goal. And then you know the friction or speed or steps in which it's going to take to get there. Like Maps is actually
2: maybe a great analogy for bot building. Yes, because in the end... um, Even with maps, we have human choice. Exactly, uh, I'm not being forced. My car is not autonomous yet, where I'm forced to go and take a route because of it is. I have choice, and so I think people still want to feel um, that power, and they want to feel that they're going to have that choice as they live their life. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. And thanks once again to the folks at LivePerson for their support in making the Machine Yearning CAN episodes possible. Get in touch on Twitter at assist. DMs are open. We're super interested to hear who you think should appear on the podcast. Machine Yearning is made by Paul Chufo and Michael Elsesser for Limina House. Have a great day.